0: And then we went to the Pinnacle Grill, which is supposed to be their—I mean, it is a steakhouse. It's supposed to be like the, no pun intended, the pinnacle of of dining on the ship. And maybe part of this is that Drew's become so good at making steak at home that I'm kind of a snob about it now. (laughs) But I was like, just the whole time going, like, you can make food with more flavor than this at our house, especially for fifty bucks a person.
1: everybody, to another bonus episode of the DCL Duo podcast brought to you by My Path Unwinding Travel. As you can tell, I am not Brian. I am your host solo today. It's Sam. And I'm excited because although I don't have Brian with me, I have a wonderful friend who we've made through this cruising community. I'm going to welcome Haley to the show.
0: Welcome, Haley. Thank you, Sam. It's good to be here.
1: Yeah, it's actually really nice to have just the two of us because we usually have Brian and Drew with us, but today neither of them are feeling well. So we're just leaving the boys at home and it's going to be girl talk
0: today. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, We're the new DCL duo. <laughs> That's right.
1: That's right. <laughs> So before we get into the topic of today's show, which I'm not going to spoil for our audience, I want to get your cruising credentials. Obviously, you've been on the show many times at this point, so people should be pretty familiar with you. They know that you did cruise with us in the Norwegian fjords back in September of last year. But why don't you tell folks or remind folks of your cruising credentials?
0: Sure. So we have been on, I say we my husband drew and i but we've been on five disney cruises we've been on all five of the ships that are currently in the disney fleet and we are booked on the treasure for january 2025 so we'll have thoughts about that on down the line so had been on five cruises before the cruise that we are going to talk about which was my sixth and first without it being a disney cruise
1: Awesome. Now, I know the answer to a lot of the questions that I'm going to ask today, because I'm going to spoil this for folks that Haley and Drew and myself and Brian actually met up right before they all went on this cruise because they sailed out of the beautiful port of Seattle. But why don't you tell us, Haley, what was this cruise destination? What was its itinerary and what cruise line did you sail on?
0: Yeah, so we sailed on Holland America line. That was actually not my decision. It just sort of happened that way because it was I'm in sales and it was a client incentive trip. And I got to go and hang out with some of my awesome clients. Many of whom are probably going to be listening to this. (laughs) (laughs) So shout out to all of you. You know who you are. (laughs) But yeah, so it was an Alaska cruise out of Seattle on Hell America line on the, the Eurodam is the ship. And we cruised to Juneau, Sitka, Ketchikan, Icy Strait Point, Glacier Bay National Park, and Victoria, British Columbia.
1: Awesome. So obviously a slightly different itinerary than the itineraries that Disney Cruise Line takes because, one, you're starting in Seattle. So you're always going to hit Victoria typically on those cruises. Sure. Since you're not sailing out of Vancouver like Disney Cruise Line does, you got to make that stop in Canada to comply with international uh, maritime law or, or U.S. maritime law. I'm not sure which, but what have you. Anyway, you, you mentioned this was a, a client incentive trip. So let me put this out there and, and tell me if I'm wrong, but this trip was then free for you.
0: It was. So that's the best <laughs> kind of cruise is a free yes. cruise. So we had two excursions that were included as a part of the, the organized group trip. We did buy um, an excursion on our own, and we had one credit to use. I think it was like up to fifty dollars to use in one of the specialty dining restaurants on the ship. But anything beyond that was any any other specialty dining or or excursions were at our own expense. But you know, we got the flights and the trip for free, so you. You pretty know, nice. You're going to come out
1: ahead. Yeah. Now, because of the, the arrangement of this trip, did you have to pay
0: for Drew's excursions or any of that oh, like I mean, passage fare, Everything his, was included. Yeah. Because he was my guest, We everybody that was on the trip, whether they were a client or an employee got to have one guest. So Drew's cruise fair, Drew's airfare, and Drew's uh, two ex- included excursions and in his specialty dining credit were all also free. So awesome. it's a pretty good life. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. <laughs> yeah.
1: So we, the one thing we're not going to cover here, we're going to, so for folks who haven't guessed it yet, we are going to do a compare contrast between Holland America and Disney Cruise Line on this show, since Haley's got obviously a good bit of uh, Disney Cruise Line experience. And this is her first experience on Holland America Line. One thing we're really not going to talk about to any large degree is value because it's really hard to. Of course, a free cruise is always going to be. I want. I don't want to say better than a cruise you have to pay for. You might ha- still have more enjoyment, but it's hard to sort of compare value when. Yeah, you're like, I don't gonna to actually know
0: time. what the value was of what we like our stateroom and that kind of thing. So. I'm just going to pretend like money isn't real, I guess, even though it very much is as a person who often sails in the cheapest room possible. I am not a high roller by any stretch of the imagination, but for the purposes of this, it's going to be more of a, a qualitative, what do I prefer, analysis
1: yeah, absolutely, to Awesome. Well, let's talk about from the beginning, which is booking. Now, booking, I know this might be a little bit different for you than your normal, the way you booked Disney Cruise Line because this cruise was,
0: I assume, booked for you yeah. through maybe a travel agent? Yeah, the company used like a business travel agency to, to do this. But we were able to use the Holland America app before the cruise to book like spa or excursions, that kind of thing. And it unlike the Disney Cruise Line, middle of the night rope drop experience, it is very <laughs> relaxed and chill on Holland America line, there is not the same level of competition to get on things i've at least in my experience with this time around interesting now tell me was there a particular
1: date or time that you could start booking excursions or as soon as you booked were you able to start booking things
0: i believe it was as soon as we were booked like as soon as we got our confirmation uh from the company on what our booking number was that we could put into the app and get logged in we were able to book things right away Awesome. Well, let's talk about excursions.
1: What what things were included? Like you had said that there were some, you know, there were a couple of excursions that were included. Were those chosen for you, or were you you still able to select those excursions?
0: They were both chosen for us by by the company. So we had a whale watching and Mendenhall Glacier excursion in Juneau, which was honestly fabulous. Would not hesitate to do that again or to recommend it to someone. And then in Sitka, we had one called Bears, Barnacles, and Birds. I might have gotten them in the wrong order. But <laughs> I'm honestly just trying not to say Beats, Bears, and Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> <laughs> From the office, spoiler, for those yeah, who don't know. Uh, so, um, so Sitka was, I think it was Bears, Birds, and Birds, Bears, and Barnacles. Some, Like I said, it's one of those, <laughs> those those were three words, the order I'm not positive on. But it was the, the there was a raptor center. So that was the birds part. Uh, Fortress of the Bear, which was the bears, and then an aquarium slash salmon hatchery was the barnacles part of that. They were just going for alliteration, obviously. <laughs> nice. Like okay. salmon don't have barnacles, don't worry. <laughs> now for choosing, you you said you
1: you chose to book a third excursion. Tell me what, for the third excursion, what did you end up booking and what were sort of the options you were looking at?
0: Yeah, so we made actually we did two different excursions separate from the two group excursions. So we did one in icy straight point, which we were only there for like four hours. Kind of strange. We got in at 6pm and left at 10pm. So we just did the gondola, um, which is a very high gondola. Uh, And we just were thinking about the Skyliner at Walt Disney World the whole time. Um, And we got a cool time-lapse video of that. But other people in our group did an ATV excursion in Icy Strait Point. Um, Another group went whale watching. And they said it was actually their best whale watching of the trip. Um, They were in a smaller boat than what we had in Juneau. So they were able to, I think, get closer to the whales and saw quite a few of them, which was great for for them. And then we did in... uh, What's my other... Oh, Ketchikan. We did the Misty Fjords and Wilderness Explorer cruise. And I liked the idea of fjords because we've been to Norway. We like the fjords there. And the scenery was really lovely. We were on the boat the entire time we were in Ketchikan. We were only in port for like six hours. So uh, we we went through the Misty Fjords, which John Muir has compared to the Yosemite of uh, Alaska. So like these sheer granite faces and lots of mist and all these cool sea stars uh starfish that were like orange and purple colored which was fun the boat was like basically the same as the one we took in juno but there was not as much wildlife to be seen so i don't know if i would do that one again necessarily but it was it was relaxing it was nice but i didn't get to walk around and catch a can more than like 15 minutes so yeah that was the downside there that was a lot of people's favorite port actually
1: yeah. I've heard really great things about Ketchikan. So let's talk about, you know, obviously this show is a more of a compare and contrast than, in, than an Alaska trip report. Sure. So that's how we're going to focus it. So let's talk about more of the onboard experience. It's nice to understand like sort of what the offerings are. It sounds like the offerings for excursions are pretty similar to what you get through Disney Cruise Line in Alaska. I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, it seems, it seems like most of the cruise lines have some, you know, They might not do the exact same excursions, but they have similar offerings. So I'd love, yeah, I'd love to focus on the onboard experience for a little bit. We talked a little bit about booking. How was their, how was their app as far as, you know, an onboard experience and the, and the ahead of cruising, I guess the pre-cruise experience would, you know, is it better than the Disney Cruise Line app, about
0: equal, worse? Oh man, I wish Drew was not under the weather because this is like, tailor made for him. This is like literally what he does for a living <laughs> is user experience. So there are some quirks to the Holland America app. But I think there are also some quirks to the Disney Cruise Line app that you kind of have to get used to the navigation and where to find things. You know, once I got the hang of it, I was able to see like the dining room menus. And you could even see like what they had at dinner in the Lido market, which is their version of cabanas for those of us who speak DCL, uh, which is pretty pretty much everyone listening to this show, I'm assuming. <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, it's the, the buffet restaurant, if you will. So you could even see what they had for dinner there. Um, and I found out in many cases that what they had in the main dining room, most of that would also be served in the Lido market. You just wouldn't have to like sit through the whole plated meal situation, which was uh. kind of lengthy at, at times. When well, We only did the main dining room the first two nights, actually. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I know food is on your list. So back to the question about the app, it was fine. I like I said, I wish Drew could have contributed because I think he would have had more insightful things to say about it. But I got you get the hang of it. Yeah. So
1: I mean, most of these things are they're not made for they're not made to be real complicated. They're made to be pretty user friendly. They want anyone who can use an iPhone which is, you know, a baby pretty much to be able to use their apps and at least find the different activities or book the different different things on board. Let's talk about onboard amenities of this ship and how it sort of compares to the onboard amenities on a Disney Cruise Line. And I know you've been on all five of the ships. I would say there are some differences between them, but overall DCL the DCL fleet is Pretty similar sure. you know, across the fleet as far as what's on board with some variations but with midship detective agency and, and
0: variations in water slides. But what would you say about this ship? A couple of the unique features uh, compared to Disney Cruise Line, the pool deck actually has a retractable roof for one of the pools. So that comes in handy in Alaska. And Holland America has been sailing to Alaska for like 100 years or more. Uh, so they have were kind of one of the first to do it, maybe the first to do it. A lot of their fleet is built with Alaska in mind and knowing they're going to be going to these cold weather climates, uh, so that was a difference, and so you don't have the situation of like, do I want to get in the pool because I'm going to be freezing when I come out? I would say that what uh, on Disney Cruise Line is referred to as the rainforest room, the the fancy shower and sauna experience on the Eurodam is called the thermal suite. And if it's working properly, which it was not on this trip, but if it's working properly, I think it beats the rainforest room because they've got this thing called the hydro pool, which is supposed to be like warm jets of water that will give you like a shoulder massage or a leg massage. And we were yes, very excited and they're like a that. bed.
1: It's kind of like a, like a, like a lounge or bed that you kind of sit in.
0: I yeah. Think. And it'll like massage different parts of your body. And we were very excited about that. That was like, one of the first things we booked before the cruise, only to find when we got on board, the heater wasn't working on the hydro pool, so the oh, no. pool was rigid. I yeah. put like one foot in and was like, "Nope." And <laughs> one of the saunas was kind of only somewhat working. So I overheard one of the spa crew members telling another plat passenger that they could get a refund within 24 hours of the cruise beginning. And I turned to Drew and I said, "We can save." Yeah. By not doing this, if we're not going to use it, then we shouldn't be paying for it. So we end up canceling it, which I think is, I don't know if you can do that on DCL. I haven't really tried to cancel a spa appointment. You can. So
1: there's a couple of different rules. One, if you had booked the rainforest room ahead of time, if you go to the spa before you've used it, so on the usually the first day, sometimes even the second day, Mm -hmm. you tell them, I haven't used it. I changed my mind. They, sometimes it depends on the manager who's there, but they will sometimes refund you. If you cancel a spa appointment, as long as you do it, I think it's, I can't remember if it's 48 hours or 24 hours in advance, but you can cancel a spa appointment in advance by a certain time. And so even on board, or you can move it, that's actually a, a little bit of a secret. If you, let's say you have a spa appointment on day one or day two, and you think you don't want to have that spa appointment, and you've got like a seven-day cruise, move it to the end of the cruise, and then the next day call and cancel it. And then cancel it. (laughs) Uh Aha, I see. So so here's a tip for you all out there. There you go. But it's not something you should, you know, use all the time, because otherwise they'll catch on. But if you really do change... Yeah, right. Don't abuse the privilege. Exactly. But if you really decide it's something, you know, you booked and you really don't think you're going to enjoy it. And certainly if something is broken, I mean, Disney Cruise Line will always refund you if there's something that is not fully functioning. In fact, we did have, uh, we did this float on air massage, couples massage thing on our last cruise on Disney or maybe the actually not on the last cruise we went on the Disney Wish previously had booked that like twice before. And each time we had booked it, the machine, the beds were not operable. They had issues. Hmm. And so both times they tried to rebook us automatically just to a regular couples massage. And we said, no, that's not what we booked. We wanted to try out this zero gravity thing. And so they let us completely you know, cancel for refund. So it's good to know that there are other cruise lines who will do you know, the right thing in that situation. Cause freezing cold thermal.
0: Yeah. And they had already given us a discount before we just straight up canceled it. So we could have done like the heated loungers and the saunas, but the heated loungers, they only had maybe five or six of them and you were only supposed to be on them for 15 minutes at a time. So the whole time you're like monitoring your time and you're like (laughs) not really relaxing at that point because you want to be a considerate guest. So it just wasn't really for us, but back to the ship and the amenities, I will say, it's very different from Disney Cruise Line in that there are not really themed spaces. Mm -hmm. Like the spaces are there, but they don't really have a theme besides like generally nice, I would say. So you do feel, I mean, I was going to use like a, I guess maybe like a nice convention hotel or something. It's like, right. I think Vegas would even be too generous because a lot of those hotels are themed to something. Yeah. Now do they have like, is there a movie theater? I know I'm sure there are bars. Was there a casino on? Board? There's a like casino. Of, there yeah. were, there were bars. The bars were not really themed in particular. They were just like there. I mean, the drinks that we had were pretty good. We did have a drink package, which is something that you don't have available to you on Disney cruise line. So I would say I probably utilized that more than I would if I was paying for them out of pocket on a Disney cruise. But there are a couple of like themed performing venues. Like There's what they call Billboard Onboard, which is like a dueling piano bar. Oh, cool. So that's kind of fun. Um, it's right across from the casino. And then there's BB King's um, Music Club. And so they've got li- live band performing in there. You can go in and dance to the live music, which is fun. You don't really get that dancing to live music on Disney Cruise Line. Yeah. There's not really an equivalent space to the atrium on Disney Cruise Line. That's like the hub of all activity and energy on the ship. So that was something different that I I missed. We don't have children, but it's just kind of fun to go walk through the atrium on Disney Cruise Line with like kids meeting characters and dancing. And there's like music and it's just kind of like a party going on all the time. And there's not really an equivalent to that. On Holland America, or at least on on the Eurodam, I should say, there was no movie theater, and there was a main stage, but it is not the Walt Disney Theater, that's for sure. They've got <laughs> lectures in there, and then they've got like they'll have a comedian or some kind of variety act like that, and then we had an, a singing group that I thought was going to be acapella, but they were like singing along to like pre recorded tracks. Oh, label. interesting. Yeah. So interesting. Definitely different types of spaces than you find on Disney Cruise Line. And like I said, if you're used to being able to go into like, oh, this is the pub that feels like I'm in, you know, a British pub, and now I'm in the Champagne Bar, like, there's not really that difference when you go from one bar space to another on yeah. the Eurodam. Let's talk a little bit about onboard
1: activities. What kinds of things were available for you to do? Now you mentioned lectures. This is a thing that Disney Cruise Line does also in Alaska. They don't do it in a lot of the other locations, but they do bring on guest lecturers to talk often about like the wildlife or the flora and the fauna, basically in the you know in Alaska. And so I imagine it sounds like the
0: lecture where the lectures kind of of that ilk they were so there were lectures about wildlife there were also lectures about Alaskan culture like the the natives peoples of Alaska like the clinket there was one about the iditarod there was one called breaking the ice ceiling which was just about pioneering women of Alaska which was cool Oh cool like women who were bush pilots or you know dog mushers or just different professions that are traditionally dominated by men so that was neat and all of these were actually led by Valerie who was the She's your travel and cruise director. So she's your cruise director, but also does these lectures. Oh, interesting. Not like a guest
1: naturalist, but actually the cruise director. Yeah.
0: And we we did have a, a naturalist kind of person on board too, like the wildlife expert. And she did one kind of wildlife talk on the first day where she talked about what you might see and what to look for. And then she had like dedicated wildlife viewing times where she would be out on deck three, I think it was with her binoculars, and she would help you look for whales uh, spouting and that kind of thing. But yeah, so these were done by Valerie. And they were really interesting. I mean, I'm the kind of person who would go to college if they would if you would pay me to be a college student, I would do that just because (laughs) I like to learn. So I'm just I'm nerdy like that. So I really enjoyed that and thought that that was A unique feature that, you know, I had not experienced on Disney Cruise Line, even though I've been to like the Mediterranean, where I would have definitely gone to a lecture about ancient Rome if they'd had one. Yeah, absolutely. You know, not really the the target demographic. People are not trying to bring their seven-year-old to a lecture about the Roman emperors.
1: Yes, I will tell you, Nathan. At nine, would not sit through that kind of a lecture, but I, I, I would. I'm, I'm like you. I would sit through that. Yeah. Let's talk about other, you know, activities. Did they have things like trivia, game shows, bingo? You did mention they had a casino. Do they have things to kind of occupy you when you're on the ship? Because obviously, this isn't a tropical climate. You did mention the pool, and it's nice to hear they have the retractable roof because then you can really go swimming in Alaska, but were there other things to occupy you all while you were on board the ship?
0: There were. So they they had trivia. Um, we won trivia three times. So we just trying to dominate like we do. Woo-hoo, woo-hoo. Uh, Tell us what kinds of trivia you, what kinds did you do and which ones did you win? So they had like kind of general trivia. Unlike Disney, they weren't really like themed. Either they were a music trivia or they weren't. That was basically the two categories. So we won two music trivias that were they weren't even like themed to a particular decade or anything like that. Wow. They were just like broad music knowledge. Kind of random. Yeah. So shout out to my clients for uh, helping out with yeah. two of those. Like I, I I knew a bunch of them, but then the ones that I didn't know, you know, we kinda had a, a variety of generations represented. So we were able to get contributions from several different people, which was really helpful. Um, yeah. and then we won, uh, just drew and I by ourselves won like a general trivia one day. Uh, so that was fun. I, I will
1: tell you, I, I give you great kudos for winning a music trivia without your dad. <laughs> no, uh, right? Shout out to shout, shout out to Scott, who is the king of all decades of, of music trivia. And we did it on DCL together as a group and he, w- without him. We would not have won, you know, a couple of the trivias and you all won several more that we 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 were not present for. But yeah, he's he's like the human Shazam. So. He is.
0: He's I we would have dominated the disco music trivia if he had been there. And as it was, we decidedly did not dominate. We were like, oh, I've heard this song, but like who is it by and what is it called? No idea. No idea. <laughs> I, I mean I wasn't around for the disco era, so <laughs> that was on uh, what they call Orange Night or the Orange Party. So, Holland oh. America s- likes to celebrate their Dutch heritage, and orange is like one like the color of the Netherlands of Holland. And so, the idea behind the Orange Party is that you wear like orange and they dance to disco music. Interesting. We didn't really participate much in that. I think just like really tired that day, and I also don't really own any orange yeah i was gonna say did you wear anything orange like did you ha- did you bring anything orange to i Drew didn't i don't really own anything and i wasn't gonna go buy something orange <laughs> it's drew's favorite color so he brought his orange shirt yeah <laughs> to wear <laughs> um, I it's just like an orange like pfg you know shirt so that was fine for him they had an alaska roadhouse night one night which is like country music and they had country music trivia that went along with that we just opted out of that because that is not my genre. And I would not have been very good at it. But so they did things like that. I will say unlike Disney Cruise Line, it seemed like there was only one person who was the entertainment host. And she was lovely. Her name is JC. She was great. We enjoyed her a lot. But like every activity was led by her. Oh, wow. She also did like some of the game shows, the the audience participation was not nearly as enthusiastic as it was on DCL. But they also (laughs) don't have as good of a space for it as your Azure or the Tube or you know, even Luna, like the equivalents of that on Disney Cruise Line. We did it, we did a lot of them in Billboard Onboard, but like there's not really like a stage and there's like some columns in it. So you like the line of sight can be a little bit weird. But it's not her fault. She was doing great. Um, she was wonderful. But unlike on Disney, there's not like multiple trivias going on at one time. Like I I definitely didn't feel like there was enough to do for for what we like to do. Like we're not casino people. We almost played bingo one time out of desperation, which is saying something because we don't play bingo on Disney like ever. We, we did it once and we were like, that was $75. I'll never get back. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not for me. Like I'm glad people enjoy it. Sure. But it just was not my jam. I guess I'm just not much of a gambler. I'm like, if I spend money, I want to like enjoy what I'm doing. Not like hope that I get more money later but maybe I don't know right you know, yeah but- no I understand I understand that sentiment I don't think bingo
1: is for everyone I think th- there are people who love it and people who are just like what did I just spend my money on so yeah. I I totally understand that but that's really interesting to hear the comparison of on Disney cruise line I think you and I have the same mind about this and that there's often more than one thing I want to do at any given time and I'm having to decide or they're 15 minutes apart, but they're each 30 minutes long. And so I can't actually make both activities. And so I'm having to choose and prioritize what activities I want to do. So it's interesting to hear that, that not only was that not the case on Holland America, but at times there was nothing or no activity that was available to do.
0: Yeah, or that or that, or that was appealing to me. I mean, they had different like shopping events and like art auctions and things like that that are more your traditional cruise activities. And I mean, keep in mind the target for Holland America is not 32-year-olds. Your <laughs> primary market is is an older demographic. So I think some of these things are what appeals to their core audience, which is again fine. Their world does not revolve around me and my preferences, but it definitely confirmed for me that I like a little more activity. I didn't mention this yet, but Holland America on, on the Eurodam does have an excellent library. Oh. Um, with, like books that you would actually want to read. It's not like, you know, Harlequin romances from 1982. Like it's all like current <laughs> books that oh, nice. are, you know, actively being sold in bookstores. And wow. so they had a really great selection, actually, if I do say so myself. So I picked up like, and it's all on the honor system. So I just grabbed like four books in the first day because as soon as we get on a new ship, we like to just wander around and learn our way around and see see what's there. So I found my way there pretty early on day one. And like I said, took four books with me and the room were, was ready a lot earlier, I think, than it is on DCL typically. Like I feel like we didn't really have to wait for our stateroom. We were able to get in pretty much immediately when we got on board, which was nice. So I did read like two books over the course of the week. And in the library, they had the New York Times crossword puzzle printed out for you every day. Oh, that's awesome. So we That's, a, bo- that that's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> we had like a little routine where we, I would go like, we would try to go get like a warm beverage up in the crow's nest, which is like on the top deck. It's kind of a coffee bar, um, sort of like the Cove Cafe. They've got the screens in there. It's a lot larger of a space, but they've got screens there that tell you kind of your position in the world and how many knots you're going and all that. Those fun things that they display in the Cove Cafe on on DCL, so we go get the get a warm beverage there, and then go settle settle in somewhere with the crossword. Awesome, enjoy that for twenty or thirty minutes.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a great way to start the morning.
0: It's very relaxing. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about
1: your cabin since you mentioned your cabin being ready early mm-hmm. or earlier than it typically uh, is on on Disney Cruise Line, which I think is. Normally 1.30 p.m. on most sailings, let's say sailings out of Port Canaveral typically uh, or out of Miami, typically your room's going to be ready at one thirty. I don't know if there's a difference if you're sailing out of Vancouver because I have not sailed in Alaska yet. What was your stateroom like and what kind of stateroom did you have and, and how would you
0: compare it to what you get on Disney Cruise Line? Yeah, good question. So we had a veranda stateroom, which I'm glad that we had one on Disney when we were in the Mediterranean in May, so that I could give you a good comparison. I think that the veranda itself was maybe a tad larger. And they had like the the chairs had like a little separate stool that slid up under the chair, and then you could pull that out, which was kind of nice for relaxing on. Uh, we had we don't have it, there's no split bathrooms on Holland America. That's kind of a Disney Cruise line hallmark thing. But for just the two of us, that was fine. The The storage and closet space, I feel like, was, was pretty good. Disney's is probably slightly better. But overall, good. You know, there's not really like a theme to it. It's just sort of there. But the pillows were... Pretty uh, uncomfy by my standards. <laughs> we Have like a memory foam type pillows at home, so mm-hmm. we were not especially enthused about the pillows. There was interestingly, they can split your king bed up into two separate twin size beds, which is convenient if you're in the case of some of our travelers. Like you might have uh, somebody bring a friend instead of a romantic partner, in which case maybe you don't want to cuddle, right? So if <laughs> Good or point. If you're traveling as a party of adults who don't want to. Sleep in the same bed. That that flexibility is nice. Cause I'm not really sure that you would have that on Disney. I think yeah, you don't have clean, it on Disney. So you can't, yeah, it can't be taken apart like that. Um, and there's a speaker right above your head. I we were woken up the next to last night of the cruise at about two in the morning with the captain coming on and saying that emergency personnel needed to go to the engine room. Oh, that's kind of terrifying. A little bit, and I was like, okay, well. He hasn't, like, they haven't blown the, the alarm for the muster. And, like, I do pay attention in the muster drill, which we did have to do in person. But you just, like, went and you scanned a QR code. And that, that's, they, like, scanned you. And that was pretty much it. So you didn't have to stand there and wait for the whole thing. like you Oh, knew. that's nice. And, um, that's like they did during the pandemic
1: times for Disney Cruise They're line still doing that we on went. Holland in
0: America, which is helpful. Yeah. So you, like, went and you found your spot. But you're not having to, like, as, as long as I'm not misremembering, so I've been on now three cruises this year. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> as far as I recall, you're not having to like stand there forever like you do on Disney Cruise Line. But anyway, so the captain wakes us up at like the entire ship at like one or two in the morning and is like emergency personnel go to the room and I'm like, what is happening? Some of my poor clients are like really freaked out and they're like trying to get their life jacket together and like figure out do I need to put on warm clothing? And I'm still laying there like, well... They haven't blown the whistle yet to say <laughs> to like, get to your muster station. Yeah. And the captain's voice did not sound panicked. So I'm like, until he's panicking, I'm not going to panic. And yeah. it transpired. He came on a few minutes later and was like, so there was a small fire in the engine room, but we're good. The fire has been put out. Go back to sleep, everybody. And I'll tell you about it tomorrow. Oh, wow. And I, I told my clients the next day, I'm like, I've been on five cruises and I've never had such a thing happen. But apparently, like, every crew member is trained also to fight fires. Yeah. Which makes, makes sense. sense. I mean, you don't yeah. want to, like, well, the three people who can fight this fire are, you know, sick or whatever. Like, they can't go. Right. Um, or they're too far away. Or right. Something like so, that. like, yeah. they responded very quickly. And the the crew on Holland America, I think, was, you know, as good as the crew on Disney as far as, like, trying to make sure you had a good experience and service and They took a lot of pride in it. They had a session actually on the last full day of the cruise where they like talked about life on board. They called it a city at sea. So that was one of the lectures where you could learn about some of the things that you learn on the art of the theme show tour on Disney Cruise Line about, you know, how much, how much butter and how much eggs and how much coffee and all of that that you go through in a week. But also they had like, interviews with different crew members. And it was all like, pre-filmed but they had different crew members who were interviewed about like different aspects of life on board or you know what's the craziest amount of luggage you've ever seen a guest pack and, <laughs> and it was kind of fun and at the end people from all the different uh, departments if you will came out on stage and were all you know just kind of talking about how proud they were to be a Holland America cruise line member and so that was really cool and that I is really, really get cool. that on Disney which so I, I enjoyed that a lot because you try to remember that these are like real people with real lives of their own. They don't just not, they're not just there to do what you want and make your bed and leave you towel animals.
1: Yeah, so I think you know if you're on Disney Cruise Line and you want to get that kind of experience, you have to seek it out, right? You've got to go and actually, you know, ask people about their lives outside of the ship or about their life, frankly, on the ship. Sure. And it definitely takes some some effort, but it's I think one of the most rewarding parts about sailing on on any cruise line, right? Is just sort of finding out about the the people who live on the ship because they have they live such interesting. Lives from you know, and so it's
0: so different from what we live on land. For absolutely, sure, absolutely, absolutely. I'll say too that I some and I'm sort of digressing a little bit, but I I did miss the bonding with your server that you get on Disney Cruise Line. We were not assigned a particular dining time, so you could either like call and make a reservation, which I did the first night for a group of clients and the two of us to go because we had a group of like eight, so we wanted to make sure we could all sit together. So I did that the first night but realized that unless you had like a really big group or were very particular about what time you wanted to go you could just show up but after the first two nights we were like main dining takes a long time mm. and it's a lot of the same food as in the lido buffet and lido market <sighs> so we just ended up doing that more often than not and then we did do two of the specialty dining restaurants as well but i i really missed having that person who is your server every night at dinner. Yeah. But without that, I didn't feel like I was going to like let someone down if I didn't go to the dining room, like they didn't <laughs> they wouldn't miss me. So it's like I could do what I wanted. But as a person with food allergies, it was not ni- It's nice on Disney to only have to give that spiel once. Whereas yeah. with Holland America, it was like every time I went to the dining room, I felt like I needed to like save my allergies and, you know, make sure that what I was ordering was not going to poison me. <laughs> so <laughs> good point. Good point.
2: Hey, DCL Duo fans. You know, we get the question all the time. Should I use a travel agent to book my next Disney cruise or should I just book with Disney directly? And I'm going to tell you, if you have that question in the back of your mind right now, you should stop what you're doing and head over to mypathunwinding.com slash DCL Duo. The folks over at My Path Unwinding provide an amazing service. They are so knowledgeable and so friendly. We rely on them ourselves to book our family vacations and they provide an amazing service. And the best part is you don't pay anything extra for it. Disney, other tour providers, and other cruise lines have built the cost of their commission into their pricing. So if you're booking directly, you are just paying that money back to the provider when you could be spending it on the kind of service you would get from My Path Unwinding Travel. You've heard from their agents on our show. They are so knowledgeable, so giving of their time. They know so much about Disney Cruise Line, Sailing Concierge, other cruise lines, other all-inclusive vacations and adventures by Disney that if you have a vacation in mind, they are the ones to book it for you. So again, head over to MyPathUnwinding.com slash DCL duo. So they know we sent you their way. Thanks, My Path Unwinding, for sponsoring the show. And with that, back to our episode.
1: So one other, you know, before we get to food, because I and I know we're going to get there real soon, Haley, I know we're both dying to talk about food. But I've got to ask you about kid stuff. I know you don't have kids. But I'm curious as to whether or not you saw kids on board. And if so, did you notice any activities or kids club when you walked around the ship or, you know, stuff for them to do besides just like the pool deck and maybe a water slide?
0: There was not a water slide, so... Oh, wow. (laughs) Yeah, no water slide, just pools. I would say maybe I saw 10 kids. Wow. Very different vibes than Disney Cruise Line. And maybe people are like, why would two adults in their 30s without children go on Disney Cruise Line when you have all the other options, but... You know, we really enjoy Disney. We enjoy Disney Entertainment, and I en- I enjoy like the atmosphere of other people's kids at some of the events on Disney Cruise Line. You know, like you go on not a, um, a Halloween on the High Seas sailing, like all the kids in their costumes and stuff. It's just fun. Like, yeah, I, you don't have- well, and I, I think to your point, the age demographic does
1: still skew younger on Disney Cruise Line. You know, True. you do you do have plenty of folks in their 20s and 30s sailing without children. And then you've got plenty of folks in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s sailing with children, right? So, and then you you do have some older adults who are either, you know, sailing on their own or sailing with, you know, with generations of family. Um, so it, it's certainly a, a mix, I think, on Disney Cruise Line versus other cruise lines. That do for the most part, not all, but uh, you know, several of them that skew older like Holland America. Obviously, Royal it skews more family, Carnival sure. is more has uh, the entire range but definitely skews more family. yeah, and really itineraries. But you all sailed also in the end of August, if I'm remembering the dates. Yeah, right.
0: we were august twenty sixth through September second. so that's definitely gonna be part of it. They did have a kids club of some sort that I remember uh-huh. seeing or seeing something about it on the app, but they didn't have like open houses. I don't really, since it there wasn't, it's not like they're themed spaces like they are on Disney. It's not like on Disney Cruise Line where you can go play around with Millennium Falcon. Right. Open house time. Like there wasn't really a reason that I would want to go to the open house sure. on this ship. That'd be kind of weird, I think.
1: Yeah. Just kind of like an empty community room type of a. That's a
0: what design. I'm picturing. I mean, they might have had like, I'm I'm sure they had things to do there and I'm sure they had counselors there. I just don't know what that consisted of because like like I said, we didn't really have a reason to to visit it, but I do know they have it, but it's definitely not the first thing I'd recommend if you are trying to sail to Alaska with children. Yeah. (laughs) There would probably be better options for you than just Holland America. Yeah. Okay. So
1: now before we get to food, just one more topic. Uh, which is shows. Uh, you did mention some of the kinds of activities they had on board, but I, I want to know from you, since you and I are both, you know, big Broadway show fans. What would you say about the type of performers and the quality of performers and how they compare to what the offerings are on Disney Cruise Line?
0: It's almost apples to oranges. Like I just deeply missed the Broadway style shows
2: mm-hmm. and.
0: You know, if you're not really into those, then your mileage may vary on that. But for me, that's one of the things I love the most about Disney Cruise Line. And I really don't miss any of the the main musical productions when we sail Disney Cruise Line, even the Golden Mickeys. I think maybe we've skipped them like once. Yeah. <laughs> just, they, they don't have a plot. It's not <laughs> it's, it's their fault. But no, <laughs> I, I really did miss that. Like I said, the lectures were cool. I missed being able to like go to watch a movie whenever, especially if, having been on the Wish earlier this year. And We didn't even see a movie on the Wish because we had a three night sailing. But if you were on a ship like that for seven days, like it'd be nice to go to see a movie sometime. Especially yeah. And you have just, two movie theaters to do it in. exactly. There's two different movies with the playing at any given time on on the Wish. And I'm sure The Treasure will be the same way because they have the same cinema set up there. The musical group that we saw, they were like I said, there was a, it was a singing quartet i think there were four of them there was one uh one woman and then three men and the woman was massively more talented than the men i think yeah uh she was really good they the the guys weren't bad but she really i would say dominated and was just more more impressive she stole the show she stole the show yes that's a good way of putting it so they had like pre-recorded tracks that they were singing along to and they had like some choreography but it was like okay that was fine. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's kind of a bummer when you've got don't have a live
1: band backing a singing group yes. or or have it be acapella. Right. Because that's yeah, kind yeah. of I mean, it's like you, one or the seen, other. Yeah, we've seen acapella groups on Disney Cruise Line on certain particular on certain particular sailings, which are great. But yeah, at least when you have when you have those singing acts, usually on at least on Disney, you've got, you know, some instruments backing them for the most part.
0: Yeah. And especially considering that they had the BB King band in the BB King's like blues club area Mm -hmm. of the ship. And they were really good. Like they had, you know, a whole set of instruments and vocalists and that place was fun. You know, I didn't spend tons and tons of time in there, but when I was around and they were performing, they were always good. You know, they had a good variety going on. They'd be, it wasn't like just blues. Like it was, You know, Motown or disco or whatever. The goal of their goal was, I think, just to get you up and dancing. So it was a good variety for that. So it was like a little bit of a bummer to not, like I said, not have, like you were saying, not have that musical accompaniment for the the singers. And then there's a comedian, and we missed his family friendly show, as it were, where he was doing jokes about cruising. And maybe that would have been more of my speed. We did go to the adult show, but it was like weird jokes about like giving kids weed and things like that. Like Oh wow, so kind of raunchy. It was I mean, it was definitely kind of raunchy, but I mean there's like I said, ten kids on the whole ship. So yeah, and it was like at ten PM or something. Like it was late. So the odds of a child wandering in and being scarred for life weren't very high. <laughs> um but I there definitely was not like I I I found the entertainment Lacking, and I feel bad saying it. I'm like everybody was trying their best, but yeah. if I'm just saying what, what what are my preferences, this is an easy one for Disney to win.
1: Easy, easy. Now, it it sounds like there were then things to do in the evening as far as venues to go to for music or to watch something. So it wasn't a lack of options, just the quality. It sounds to me the quality and the type of options were not to your liking.
0: No, no, they weren't. I'm I'm definitely more of like if I can go to a Broadway style. Anything, or I can watch a comedian. I'm going to pick the Broadway style thing. Yeah. That's I perfect. guess, hey, That's I I'm it. with you there. <laughs> I'm with you there. All right. Well,
1: we have to talk about food. I promised we would get there, and it's time for us to get there. You mentioned main dining taking quite a long uh, amount of time. I have noticed that on Disney Cruise Line, main dining can also take quite it's a long here. bit of time. So I'll, I'm not going to focus on that, but I'd, I'd love to hear about the food quality. Because I know you have, you know, been on Disney Cruise Line a bunch and you've dined in uh, Apollo on uh, Disney Cruise Line. So you you have a comparison for the, you know, the upcharge dining, I'll call it. Yes. And you did have, you did decide to do some of the, I don't know what they call it there, but up char- I'll call it upcharge dining. <laughs> so how was the food quality first in main dining and how does it compare to Disney Cruise Line?
0: Definitely Disney Cruise Line is better from a food quality standpoint. I think I mean I've had the Disney Cruise Line menus a bunch of times at this point, but you know I was like looking at the that's part of the reason why we didn't go to the main dining room because it's like if the food quality is kind of like meh anyway, then and it's going to take a long time (laughs) I'm like and I'm going to have to sit with strangers and make small talk most likely because if you don't have like a pre-reserved table then you just kind of get seated with whoever. Oh, even if you have a larger group? So if you had like a, if you had a, a large group, like when we went with, as the eight of us, I'd and made a reservation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the second night, I think we just went the two of us. And then after that, we just didn't go. <laughs> um, but, but, but on the second night, we were seated with two other couples and they were, I think, like all retired. Oh, interesting. Like yeah. there, there's not like any effort to seat you with people who you might have things in common with. It's just like, this table has space for you. Go. Right. And so it's different whereas like on Disney Cruise Line on our previous sailings when we weren't with my parents, we were seated with other you know young adult couples without children. So they kind of try to match make you with people that you might become friends with. Yeah, um, which yeah. you don't have that um, on Holland America. So, like I said, n- dining, uh, dining room food quality definitely Disney would be better. Um, the Lido Market I think was not as good as Cabanas either. Um, what about the variety at the Lido Market though? And you obviously
1: Cabanas now is not open for dinner and hasn't been since before the pandemic. And I know there are some people who are disappointed by that because mm-hmm. if you don't want to sit in main dining, there's not a you know, a ton of options. You get pool deck food, you get room service, but there's not a buffet open. Mm-hmm. What about, so what about the variety? I mean, obviously this Lido buffet was open for dinner, but what? how would you compare the variety to that of Cabanas?
0: I think you have more variety on on Disney Cruise Line and Cabanas. So, in Oh, wow. The, that surprises me. I think. I'm like trying to remember now, but like you've got so, and maybe you can tell me if I'm if I'm misremembering this, but in the Lido market, there's like a salad bar station. There's kind of the main station, which is like the American food, basically, that's where you have the greatest number of we'll say hot vegetables, for example. So like, if I just want some veggies, then I've got to wait in this long line of people that also want like prime rib or whatever. Ah. And then there's like a what they call the international station, which is all, pretty much always tacos and pasta. And then <laughs> there is a an Asian area where they've got kind of your Asian noodles and fried rice,s and that kind of thing. And then they've usually got sushi over there. Hmm. Those are kind of the the main stations. There's a, a dessert station on on each side. And then, oddly enough, at dinner time, part of the Lido Market gets sectioned off and becomes an Italian specialty dining restaurant. Oh, interesting! But it's like not actually separate. It's just like a part of the Lido Market that. Turns into that.
1: Oh, and so you have to pay extra for that, but you're just sitting in the same kind of tables yes. as everybody else.
0: Yeah, that's, but you're like that's it's odd. like off on its own, like section of it. So you're mm-hmm. not being seated with people that are coming and going from the buffet. But it's sure. it's like a, a multi-purpose space, and they did have um, a few different things in the Lido Market at dinner time that you could pay like an extra thirty-five dollars or something for to be like doing a seafood boil instead of the normal. Buffet food, but you could still get the normal buffet food. So it's just kind of kind of interesting. So from that standpoint, they did have a greater variety of ways that you could eat things than Disney, because like you said, at after at dinner time, if you're not in the main dining room, your options are like you said, pool deck food or room service, and that's pretty much it. So there was like a lot more flexibility, I'll say. I just tend to prefer what they have at Cabanas, and the fact that like there's like vegetables kind of spread throughout. So it's not like the only place to get veggies is this one line. And <laughs> yeah. then you've got to wait for all the other things. And then when I would go and just like want some vegetables, they would think that was all I was eating. And then I would get an enormous plate of vegetables. <laughs> and they they'd want me to starve and not knowing that I already have like a whole bowl of pasta somewhere <laughs> at my table. Um, I will say breakfast in the Lido Market was really good because they had a build-your-own omelet station. Um, They had two of those, like one on each side of the ship. Oh, nice. And then they also had um, build-your-own crepes. So I would kind of get into a routine of like having an omelet and a crepe because (laughs) if you're going to be in port for a while that day and you might miss lunchtime, it was a good opportunity for that. I will say one night we actually did eat food in one of... Actually, two different nights we had food in port, which I never do on Disney. Oh, wow. Because I'm like, I've already paid for food. I don't want to have to have to pay twice for food. But number one, I didn't pay for the cruise. So that kind of helped in this case. But we got these Russian dumplings in Juneau that was kind mm. of like an appetizer. And they were they have like a rice wine vinegar and like curry powder. And you can get them in beef or potato. We got one order of each. And then they've got cilantro in there. And uh, they oh, were really unique and different. Cool. So we had that. And then we had the New York pizza back on board as like our main course. It's it's open pretty late. Now, that is better pizza than Disney Cruise Line.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: Even compared to the Wish, I think that this is better. What about the specialty? What about the specialty dining? What were the options and where did you all go? So, they had three options. They had Canaletto, which was the Italian one that was in part of the Lido market. That's the one we did not experience. But I think it's the cheapest one, actually. And then we had Tamarind, which is Asian. And we did that actually on Drew's birthday. One of my clients was uh, invited us to have dinner with her and her friend that night, and it was like it's Drew's birthday. Let's let's go. Nice. So that was probably my favorite meal, I think, that we had on board. And then we went to the Pinnacle Grill, which is supposed to be there. I mean, it is a steakhouse. But it's supposed to be like the no pun intended the pinnacle of the, of dining on the ship. And maybe part of this is that Drew's become so good at making steak at home that I'm kind of a snob about it now. <laughs> but I was like just the whole time going like. You can make food with more flavor than this at our house, especially for fifty bucks a person. Yeah, you know, and the side choices like they didn't have any macaroni and cheese. Like your options were like baked potato, mashed potato, asparagus, and there might have been one or two other things, but not none of that holds a candle to Paula. Yeah, out.
1: that's not surprising. I guess
0: I want to kind of wrap this up by by asking you. I think
1: what is the ultimate question, which is you know, if you had to pay for a cruise, would you pay to go on Holland America? Because I I would say, you know, my guess is you would say yes, if I asked you, would you take another free cruise on Holland America? Yeah. Okay. So, but would you pay, do you think, to go on another cruise on Holland America? I don't know, to Alaska or someplace else?
0: My gut reaction is no, because I know what I, what Disney Cruise Line is like. And You know, if it's the same price to have an inside stateroom on Disney Cruise Line and a veranda stateroom on Holland America, I'm going to go with the Disney Cruise Line just for all of the activities. Mm -hmm. I will say, if you're looking at Alaska and you like the educational content, you know, that might be a plus for you and the ability to go to Glacier Bay National Park. So it's Mm -hmm. only Holland America, Princess and Norwegian that go there. And that was one of our highlights of our trip was sailing through Glacier Bay National Park and doing an extended glacier viewing experience. They brought out like what do they call it? Dutch pea soup to eat while you're wa- while you're like looking at the glacier and they brought out like wine and cheese platter. Oh, awesome. And things for you to partake of. You still had to pay for the wine um, if you didn't have a drink package. But (laughs) like that was... And they had hot chocolate, which was, um, I think, also an upcharge. But again, drink package. So I didn't really care. But um, that... We love national parks. So that was a really cool experience. They brought like park rangers on board for that. And they had a running commentary from one of the park rangers. And then the other one was stationed up there in the crow's nest area where the, the coffee shop was. And they had like a bunch of board games and puzzles and things up there too. So you could talk to the park ranger and look for wildlife. And we saw like whole rafts of sea otters and all kinds of uh of fun wildlife in Glacier Bay National Park. So I think that there are pros to Mm -hmm. it, especially for Alaska. I mean, if you're going to the Caribbean, I would basically never do Holland America. (laughs) But (laughs) for Alaska, I think that there's some things they do really well that would make me, you know, ponder it for half a second. And if you like the casino, you know, scene, and you don't think that you're going to miss some of these things that I'm just really into about Disney Cruise Line, I think it can be, you know, a good option and a good value for you. But if it's me, and it's my money, I'm spending it with Disney Cruise Line between the two. Awesome. Well, thank you for that uh,
1: summary. That's super helpful. I, I think you know folks out there should know what the competition is doing. Sounds like the itinerary was a really fantastic one. And that in and of itself might make it worthwhile to look at for other people, but certainly is an individual choice. I think there's a cruise line for everyone who likes to cruise. So absolutely. I think this is- and
0: I, I feel like no shade to Holland America, no shade to my company for this. I, I, we still have, we had an amazing time. It was an experience of a lifetime to be there. And I'm so lucky because so many of my clients have become friends of mine now, you know, so getting to spend that time with them in such a beautiful, incredible place was great. I just, you know, have a little bit of a mouse fixation. That's all. <laughs> well, thanks again, Haley. Tell me what is next for you and Drew? Where are you off to next? What's your next cruise? Ooh, So my next cruise is actually the Celebrity Silhouette next March with some of my f- best friends from high school. So it's a girl's trip. And I would be happy to come back and give my rundown on that comparatively as the resident 30 something childless correspondent of the DC. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And then right now we're scheduled to go on the one on the Disney Wonder in Alaska for the same dates next year with my parents. But we were last night just thinking about possibly postponing that by a few years and doing something that's more physically intense, while my mom can still do physically intensive activities. So we might pivot entirely. And go to Switzerland. That's awesome. <laughs> and go hiking, um, great. which you know would not involve a cruise at all. We looked at some of the other Disney Cruise Line itineraries for Europe next year, but we just did the Mediterranean. Drew and I did this year, so we weren't necessarily wanting to repeat that even though there's plenty to do in Rome and Florence and all these places. We showed my dad a 20-minute YouTube video of Switzerland. And like every two minutes, he was just like, wow, that's incredible. (laughs) Like Every place in Switzerland is stunningly gorgeous. And we really like hiking. So I think we might be leaning in that direction um, now. So perhaps by the time this episode actually airs, we will have made that pivot. And then (laughs) we're booked on the treasure, the Disney treasure for January 2025, which will be fun.
1: Awesome. Well, keep us updated on your adventures. And obviously, we'd love to have you back with or without Drew. And again, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
2: All the things are there, including a way you can sign up to be a guest on the show if you'd like to share your Disney Cruise Line experience. Most importantly, you can always email us at dclduo at gmail.com if you'd like to connect with us, or you can call our voicemail line if you'd like to leave us a message. We love to include the voices of our listeners in our show. Just dial 402-413-5590. That's 402-413-5590. And that will head straight to our Google Voice voicemail line. The DCL Duo podcast is not affiliated with Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Company, or the Disney family of theme parks. The views expressed on the show are solely those of the individuals on the podcast and in no way reflect the views of the Disney company or Disney Cruise Line. If you have questions about a Disney cruise or a Disney vacation, please contact Disney directly or your own travel agent or the great folks over at My Path Unwinding Travel. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time for another fabulous Disney adventure with a DCL duo. Good night.